0: Thank you Hello, welcome back to Pardon My Franchise a podcast about uh, Dawn of the Dead. No,
1: <laughs> I froze. I didn't expect you to throw to me so soon. Um, <laughs> uh, podcast: This first season is about George Romero's uh, it's Living the Dead Romeroverse. Series. Yeah,
0: we are entering a new phase. This is phase two of the Romeroverse. <laughs> You're Nora. I'm Autumn. That's correct. You you win. <laughs> the prize is to tell me in five sentences the plot of Land of the Dead. Okay. Released 2005. Alright, so,
1: five sentences. Um, do I get to say who's in it outside of the five you sentences? Have five
0: sentences.
1: Alright, so, The Mentalist and John Leguzamo are. Guy
0: uh huh. guys. Uh-huh, guys. <laughs> you laughed and fucked me up. What the fuck?
1: <laughs> All right. The mentalist and John Leguizamo are guys who go out scavenging um, outside of a community called Fiddler's Green. Um, that is a uh, shopping mall inhabited by rich people, and these two are part of a lower class of people who sort of make that city function. Sentence two. Um, They're working for Dennis Hopper, who is the George Bush, Donald Trump combination um, mayor of this CEO of Fiddler's Green. And both of them are like, we're getting out of uh, working for Dennis Hopper. Uh, John Leguizamo is going to get out of it by um, buying a house in Fiddler's Green. And the mentalist is going to get out of it by purchasing a car and heading up north all by himself no friends sentence 3 i'm going to take a risk and and talk uh-huh. about something that maybe doesn't matter okay. sentence 3 mm-hmm. um the mentalist is accompanied by uh some friends one of whom has um some sort of mental disability and many burn scars across his face and another who is a um prostitute i don't know what the sex worker there we go um who she doesn't have other character traits but <laughs> um and they're recruited To stop John Leguizamo's character. Sentence four. John Leguizamo's character um, is going to blow up Fiddler's Green. But um, some zombie characters that we've been following throughout the movie um, have organized an attack on Fiddler's Green. And so everything goes real bad for everybody. Sentence five. John Leguizamo's character is bit and goes to kill Dennis Hopper's character the mentalist and his buddies steal a big tank and save the town, the poor people and just kill all the rich people and save the poor people and um, that sort of comes to an understanding with the zombies because the zombies are gaining intelligence becoming like, you know uh, just trying to find a place to live peacefully
0: The end of the movie. They're literally trying to eat people.
1: But but there's an understanding between the mentalist and uh, Big Daddy.
0: (laughs) You did not mention the zombies previously.
1: Yeah, that's a it's a big part of the movie. But like, it was easier to summarize the humans with dialogue than the zombies, who we see depicted entirely visually.
0: (laughs) These movies have been pretty down to earth pretty like realistic in their tone and the dialogue yeah that carries through here i think right
1: (laughs) no no this movie feels more of the mid-2000s than i expected um i was surprised at um having watched the first three movies in the trilogy um it made me think a lot about the small independent spirit of the first three movies and how this feels a little more corporate homogenized. Uh,
0: I think it just feels like a different era. Of, it feels uh, like a different era, a different era of like when people are making CG heavy movies or like low budget movies that they compensate with CG. Yes. Yes. Uh, in a way that sometimes works pretty well. And in this case, uh, the zombies that are all cg look terrible
1: um so i have things to share about that if you want or i have just a point to make small Whatever. point um i would agree with that and um i guess i was i was just surprised by that you know mm-hmm. um and i think I, I i here's what the small point i was gonna make is that what I just said sounds critical. Sounds like, oh, it's so corporate homogenized. Ooh, it's not as good. Dis- I think despite some of its shortcomings because of those things, there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in this movie still. I think it loses a little something that the first three movies had, but it's not totally lifeless. Like, there's some good stuff in there.
0: But if you took out what I said, like the the cg parts that don- didn't age as well mm-hmm. you would be left with just a better movie because it has so much going on in the other elements that it's like okay yeah. good. i'm glad that we're moving past the novelty of zombie gore mm-hmm. as like an aesthetic experience like okay i've seen guys eating people for three movies now mm-hmm. what else do you got mm-hmm. the answer is zombie picks up a gun and doesn't know how to use it until they accidentally pull the trigger while yelling and then look down like, huh? Mm -hmm. And then start trying to teach other zombies how to shoot guns.
1: Yeah, so the humans that we see in this movie are very much stuck in an old world. Very much like we're still hanging on to capitalism and money and um,
0: Why the fuck do they have money? Why does the movie end with Dennis Hopper stuffing bags full of cash and trying to make his escape?
1: I mean the the answer is I, I think the movie knows that that's absurd that like, you know, I think I think it's clear the movie has this perspective of, you know, when the world goes to hell. There are some people who are going to be so consumed by what American culture is in 2005 that they will not be able to see what's actually important, which is, you know, um and, and, and zombies. Throw a-
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Um And so, and you have those human characters and their petty squabbles contrasted against the zombies, you know. Learning, learning new things,
0: and... Um, if you just listened to the guy who brought the hand to the court in the first book, <laughs> so many things would have been avoided. Maybe there wouldn't have been a Clash of Kings. What are you talking about? Why are you talking about... Song of about- Ice and Fire. There's a guy who shows up with a zombie hand in the court to be like, hey, shit's fucked up north, can we get some help? Mm-hmm. And then all of the infighting from the first two books happens. And that guy is still hanging around court. Like, can we solve the zombie problem? <laughs> can we please talk? Can I please get a waffle?
1: <laughs> I I think the ways that this movie is thinking about um, the vacuousness of like, you know, the Bush administration and the post-Reagan Reagan era and um, how all these people are just, like, capitalizing on suffering to make a bunch of money um, and, like, what does this even fucking matter,
0: <laughs> you know? Does the, Dennis Hopper negotiate with terrorists? Absolutely not! <laughs> uh, that's not even the whole thing, like, that... yeah. The the Greens is like one skyscraper mm-hmm. with so with like a f- weird like indoor food court upstairs that all the rich people hang out in the whole city. Like there's a whole section of um, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. it is, where like they have two rivers that meet, and then they like cut off the third side with electric fences. Like there's a whole city of slums now um, surrounding the rich building
1: yeah um and it's Be- pretty satisfying in the end honestly when all the rich people <laughs> it's a, it's ridiculous it's abs- it's an absurd moment but so just to jump to the very end you get this scene of all the rich people are running to escape fiddler's green and the rockets end up going off and killing all the rich people who run well, to the fences no
0: the zombies get in. Yes, the zombies get the in. The zombies start killing people, and they're like, oh, God, we're fucked. And then the truck shows up too late because they're going to blow up the fences to let everybody out. But it, they just see a bunch of zombies eating people, and they're like, some of them are still alive. And then we they just, just have to shoot them. They decide to shoot the missiles.
1: Yes, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> it's funny and weird, but also satisfying when they just shoot all the rich people with rockets <laughs> and then from behind the rubble, all the poor people who were just kind of relaxed about the zombie apocalypse, um, just shamble out. And we're and all, all us poor people were unharmed. It's all good.
0: <laughs> and they weren't on the same street. Yeah.
1: Very, um, fun. And then you get, like, a, a nice little ending, I guess, of all the, um, there's a group of people who are like, oh, we're going to rebuild Pittsburgh better and not so... um... Build back better, you say? (laughs) (laughs) And then um, the mentalist and his little uh, crew just steal their military super tank and go to Canada where there's uh, no people. That's their plan?
0: Uh, Yeah, I guess so. But also, he learns how to be... Uh, nice and like other people so he goes from being the mentalist to the sentimentalist (laughs) (laughs) there's so many weird little scenes where like we had a joke or an exchange we're just going to cut to these characters have them tell a joke and then cut back to the other shit we were doing Mm -hmm. like this piece of the script was written at some point and we have to put it in Mm -hmm. so we will um try i'll talk about the
1: stuff i've been up to this week so last week we recorded um our day of the dead episode that evening after watching it the next morning i watched the day of the dead um commentary track by george romero and tom savini and some other folks um the woman who played the lead of that movie uh learned a bunch of interesting stuff and then i Relistened to the Creep Show episode of Just King Things and learned a couple things there about um, this time in Romero's uh, career, and then <laughs> I watched the
0: Italian version of Dawn of the Dead. Wait, hold on. What's the? What's that thing coming up on four legs behind? Is that is that beef? Are you? Do you have beef? <laughs> I will. I will complain about that in just a moment. I'm going to
1: finish the thing. There's a there was a tiny little thing on on mm. there was a tiny little thing on just kick things that I was like, fuck you. <laughs> we can Talk about that a sec. Um so after that I watched the Italian version of Dawn of the Dead, which I liked considerably better, but still not enough to make me love the movie. <laughs> I just think I would give it like three and a half stars instead of three, I guess. Um, And then today I found a really cool YouTube channel that hosts um, a bunch of commentary tracks to various movies, and um, I listened to a commentary track for Dawn of the Dead. I didn't really watch it, I just was listening like it was a podcast, Um, and that was a weird thing, because to finally come full circle, this commentary track for Dawn of the Dead is recorded in 2003. And so Romero has a bunch of um, stuff to say that ends up tying into this movie because he is trying to get funding for Land of the Dead. He is not having any success. Um, he is um, aware that someone is remaking Dawn of the Dead but, like, doesn't really know much about it, to, really. Um, and so... It's just funny to hear him talk about, like, um. what am I looking for here? He's talking about, like, how much trouble it is to make a movie like Dawn of the Dead now, in the modern era, because that movie is very improvised. And Land of the Dead, he was like, to make a movie now, because he's, he's a member of the union, everybody on the crew is a member of unions, like, Oh man, we have to make plans for what we're shooting every day and write a tight script and put stars in it and, uh, (laughs) just can't make a movie like you used to. Um, and I think it explains you end up with this movie that is so scripted feeling in a lot of ways. Like you were saying, like they, um, there's punch up. There's like, okay, we wrote these characters and then we gave them And then we did a second draft of the script where we gave those characters jokes to tell. Um, You could just feel the the movie machine all through this movie in weird ways.
0: (laughs) There's like multiple versions of the mentalist guy in this movie.
1: Yes, because in an early, early scene, he feels like a weird... He feels like a weird George Romero character, because he's just
0: like, I hate everybody! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! I hate... The existence well, no, of his people. introduction is, I'm the good guy. Yeah. I'm the good guy. Cholo is the bad guy. I'm the honorable guy who's getting supplies. And he's the one who's getting cigars and liquor for... Making uh, money on the side. For Kaufman. Well, this is how they parlay with him. Yeah. Because he owns everything. But then partway through, he gets in, put in jail because he busted up a zombie fight ring where they were just gonna throw a lady into the pit with some zombies and watch them eat her. Mm -hmm. Um, So they all get put in jail and he's like, I hate people. I hate people. I want to go where there are no more people. And it's like, okay, this is not the same guy. His his friend... So early, he's like oh,
1: I have this um, friend who's a burn victim and has some sort of mental disability. Look at me, I'm such a good guy for befriending this like outcast. Um, and then in the prison scene, um, his friend is talking to um, the woman who's going to get eaten and is like, um. Oh, what's your story? And she starts giving her backstory, and then partway through, the mentalist is just like, "I hate when people help tell stories. <laughs> Fuck you! I, everybody They're, has a story, and I'm tired of story. hearing it." <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a weird thing to say. <laughs> it, it it feels like two different versions of that character. Just like don't <laughs> don't make sense at all. <laughs> um i'm not saying that is a bad thing it's just a weird rough texture to the movie
0: which uh, uh is more than i can say for some films i've seen recently mm-hmm. how do you feel about big daddy so you something you said i think while we
1: were watching the movie is that first movie we have a like black protagonist second mm-hmm. movie um he's like less central than the character from the night of living dead but a black protagonist still uh the third movie black side character still a very good very interesting character i thought but not the
0: main focal
1: character not the main focal character anymore um but one of the one of the things that comes up in that day the dead commentary (laughs) the um actress who played the main character in day the dead was saying something like oh i felt really nice to play like Uh, a strong female protagonist like this back in those days you know aliens hadn't even come out yet and romero jokes he's like well i partially wrote that role as an apology for how sexist the first two movies are or how i think he mentions it in connection to night of the living dead i don't think he." um so taken from that i can kind of be like oh well sure you do that and then a a movie from this time is not going to have a black woman protagonist uh even though I know that sucks to say, but it's true, so it makes sense that um, the black character gets a little sidelined in, care- in favor of a white woman. I don't know. Um, but Land of the Dead. But Land of the Dead. Now we ha- move on to... There, there is a black character... There are two primary black characters. Yes. One is um, a servant character to Kaufman, which is just a, like... Kind of racist caricature, I think.
0: I don't know if that's a choice being made by just the direction and writing, or if that's supposed to be a choice being made by the character, or if that's supposed to be a choice being made by Kaufman, the guy who's rich. I don't know what I'm supposed to read into that There's but it a, is a very like out of time almost in in the yes. way that he's presented because it feels out of time it feels to me it feels deliberate with how on the nose so much of the other like main stage commentary ideas are i would believe that it was just intentional but yeah. like that's a that's a weird thing to swing for. Yeah, I think like
1: I I get what they're going for of like look these rich guys um and they're totally helpless without their help and look at the like history of uh, I don't know. Like I don't
0: think that element was in there.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It, I I can't quite phrase the thing I'm trying to say. Well, they're reinventing
0: think- feudalism. Yeah, I
1: bit. I think it's being deliberate, but I, I think the thing that it's deliberately doing does involve just creating a racist character character, you
0: know? It's not like that character ends up being super competent in a way that subverts something in the plot. Uh-huh. He's just there, and then he's not.
1: Yeah, and the other main black character we have is Big Daddy, who is, becomes the leader of the zombies. He sort of is like, you know, figuring things out. Um, uh,
0: like, a... he's the first one to become self aware, yes. and realize that the other zombies are getting killed for sport by the uh, the mentalist and Chelo. He has like
1: desires beyond like basic brain eating that we have seen zombies.
0: It's mostly revenge because, yeah, uh, yeah. they come through, they kill all of the other zombies around him and he's like trying to save them by knocking them over. Um So, um Then at the end he and uh the mentalist. exchange one slow nod. Yeah. They make eye contact. Um anyway the the progression of zombies is that this one is leading all of the others and like teaching them how to break down walls, teaching them that they can swim or at least walk through water mm-hmm. um and so i think it's like on the one hand
1: it's weird that we see like black characters get more and more sidelined here um and uh and also it just feels weird to have you know a tall black man play a character named big daddy and that's all it just feels off. If the to characters
0: me. in Night of the Living Dead had taken orders as well as the zombies serving under Big Daddy, they <laughs> might have gotten out of that situation alive. Yeah. Finally, there's like a black character who says to do things and people do them. <laughs> so I think he has like a really
1: interesting spot in the movie because like. He's more of a—he's an easier protagonist to root for than I think the Mentalist or um, John Leguizamo's Be- characters Because are. of
0: the different versions of the character, I couldn't tell if this was a watch all of these assholes get got, or if the Mentalist really was—I don't fucking remember. I remember I think, his name. I know his name. Do you know his full first and last name? Not the actor, Riley. That's all I got. Riley Denbo, Riley Denbo, <laughs> club Shitto. <laughs> new club Shitto just dropped. It's Riley Denbo. What's John Leguizamo's character's name? Cholo. Cholo. Um, the sex worker's name is Slack.
1: Hmm,
0: I did not pick that up. What is the? Uh, I don't know. The other the. I don't know. I don't
1: remember. Yeah. Um think his always character kind of interesting because he's interfacing more with Kaufman. Um, he
0: seems like he starts off as a villain, and then like halfway through the movie, we start getting way more scenes with him. and it's like, oh actually, maybe he's not the- <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Riley sort of
1: starts the movie with a good heart and then they go to town and is revealed to kind of be an asshole. But then that good heart sort of wins over in the end, right? John Leguizamo, Cholo, goes through the reverse of total shithead villain at the start of the movie. They go to town and he's like, oh, he's kind of morally gray. He's like looking out for himself, but look at him compared to Dennis Hopper. I don't know. And then he's, he's ends doing the some
0: things that are like helpful yeah. in a way. Yeah. But also...
1: Like, he's... He he's is, better than the rich people he's hanging around, and he helps people more than them.
0: Yeah. Is he the one who went... Yeah, he's the one who goes into that apartment to help the yeah family who the dad killed himself. The dad kills himself. It's like, this is not something that the mentalist would have done. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And then at the end, it's like, is he an asshole? Well, he wanted to f- fire all of the missiles at the rich people. But he didn't and, really
1: care if it hit the poor people.
0: But then when he gets bit, he's like, "Okay, here we go." And then he goes to specifically kill, uh, uh, Dennis Rich Hopper. Man. Yeah, and it's, it's real. It's really fun to watch that happen. <laughs> it's a really fun
1: thing I haven't seen in a zombie movie before, which I enjoyed. Which was, I'm gonna be a zombie. Guess I better like kill this one asshole
0: and he acts like a zombie before he dies because he's like i don't give a shit and he gets shot a bunch and he's still walking yeah and then he dies and then he comes back as a zombie yeah and he's still fighting
1: it's good it's fun i like it i
0: like this movie a lot yeah i four yeah. stars
1: i gave it four stars i i found um there's a, enough weird rough edges in this movie that I was like
0: what are we doing? What are, the CGI was such a big barrier for me. But this movie operates in a mode that is not exclusive to the early 2000s, but it is emblematic of my experience with the 2000s where everything is a little bit elevated and heightened and like exaggerated, mm-hmm. but not enough to where like you're doing weird like sets or like surreal camera movements Mm -hmm. or anything it's just like oh this is a little bit on a stage yeah this is a little bit in your face and direct but still like none of the characters notice because they're all acting that way and it works really well whereas that kind of thing if you like had half of these lines like when the cops the like the special like themed Team of of soldier guys who each have a different gimmick get introduced. There'd be a bunch of jokes about. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You're like a bullfighter. Yeah. There's. You know. There's no bulls, right? There's. <laughs> right. We're introduced to. So there's
1: the mentalist and his two friends, and then there's also just like three three soldiers, and one of them is like, "I'm Monica. Call me
0: Motown," and it's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she's the girl boss she looks like that the, the the character from the, the mandalorian she does uh, she's got that kind of vibe of like tough girl mm-hmm. um there's uh the the bullfighter who has a little pauldron like a red mm-hmm. pauldron on his on his uniform That's like bedazzled and um, there's a very tall, then there's the big man. There's a very tall,
1: very wide Samoan man who talks about Samoa in every scene.
0: No, just the one time they had that joke they wanted to put in. I think about, it's two or three, but about how hear. many stolen cars? Is it Samoa? Yes, yes. I think he
1: mentions it in the scene he shows up, and then in um, that car stealing
0: scene later. Uh, he's fine. He doesn't get very many lines. But He's kind of fun though. That's their team. He punches out Motown for some reason.
1: And I, I don't remember did not why. Know why. I don't remember <laughs> why
0: that happened. <laughs> My point is. She also winks. Did you mention that she winks when she says Motown? Call me Motown. Wink. Wink. Like, it is weird in that way that, like the the for some reason the thing that I want to reach for is Scott Pilgrim. There are a handful of, like, little, like, half-second physical gags at the end of a line that aren't part of the joke, but are like, oh, this is clearly, like, uh, uh, a, like, played-up little detail.
1: So, all through the Dawn of the Dead commentary, he's talking about, um, yeah, it's such a pain in the ass to get financing for things now, it costs so much more money than it used to, to make a movie, and... You can't improvise as much as you used to. And... um, You know, that fucking mouse owns everything. And I don't want to work for it, so... um, Which... He didn't know how right he was going to be. And... It's interesting to hear him talk about that in, like, 2003-ish. And then 2004, the Dawn of the Dead remake hits and Shaun of the Dead hits. And I from what I can tell, I cannot find much information about Land of the Dead, but from what I can tell, it feels like this movie gets made because of those, um, because of those, because of 28 Days Later, the resurgence of the zombie thing. Um, and I wonder if there's a studio that's like, hey, Shaun of the Dead was a hit. We need you to put more like capital J jokes. There's stuff in like all these movies that is funny so far, but kind of. Um, there's stuff in Dawn of the Dead that's funny. <laughs> eh,
0: <laughs> but, I, I guess there are. There were a couple of kind ty- like the high points of Dawn of the Dead were watching the two guys uh, play with the money, mm-hmm. and the part where they all stare at each other and, and are just seething. But um,
1: you you wonder like. Cause some of the, some of the, the comedy in this movie doesn't feel, feels pretty different from the comedy of Dawn of the Dead to where you may, it makes you wonder like, did somebody say, Hey, you got to put in like capital J jokes, you know, in this movie, um, because that movie Mm -hmm. was successful. Um, you know, he talks so much in the Dawn of the Dead commentary about how he doesn't like CG He likes it sometimes to augment practical effects, but he finds um, a lot of the time it's just kind of distracting. Uh, And then this movie is a lot of CG. Not
0: predominantly CG, but I would say like 50-50. There's like three or four zombie kill segments that are like, yeah, I mean, this would be a bit of a pain to do practically. Like you want to have this head split in this weird way or like... You know, that weird hand shot? Yeah. I assume that was just the thing that they tore apart, but there are a couple of guys that like get got in a way that's like, okay, yeah, that would be weird or difficult to do, but why then do them? Yes.
1: One of the things um, that... I listened to this Donnelly Dead commentary, and it didn't make me... And I watched the Italian version, and it didn't make me come around on saying oh now i love dawn of the dead but i developed a new appreciation and i developed that appreciation watching land too because i was like oh man the independent spirit of the first and third movies is also really there in dawn and it doesn't feel there in land um but listening to that commentary and listening to the ways like and and this is also true of day of the dead um listening to the ways in which it's like Tom Savini and his little crew just kind of came up with ideas. Oh, what if a zombie got killed like this? George and George is like, okay, sure. Yeah. Um, and there's a like excitement and a passion and a, okay, we had this idea. How do we make it happen that you can feel on the screen with the practical effects? Whereas even if land has that same process of, Hey, Tom, I need you to come up with like six cool zombie kills and Tom Savini goes off and does that. It doesn't, it doesn't hit the same when it's just like, we had this idea and we did the computer. We used the computers to do it. Mm. Um, And it's like, well, you probably just would have never had that idea if you couldn't just fake it with a computer, you know, or you would have had that idea and the thing you would have changed to do it not faked with a computer would have been more interesting than...
0: The zombie that, like, whips its head around on its spine that is, like, kind of pulled out or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's, it's a fun idea, but, like... I'd rather watch a wide shot of a mannequin flop forward and then cut to a guy, like, yeah. a close shot and, like, gnawing on his arm. That would be much more fun.
1: Oh, this reminded me of, um... And I mentioned this to you, but I'll mention it to the listeners too. On that Dawn of the Dead soundtrack, or commentary track, George Romero says the same thing you said, which is
0: that Steven is the best zombie actor they ever get. Yeah. Um, the, the walk that Steven does. And he, apparently, he looks like one of the fucking stop motion monsters from one of those old, um, like, Clash of Titans. You know he, the guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what his inspiration was, actually, was um, Long Cheney movies.
0: Phantom of the Opera oh, yeah, yeah. and um, Phantom of the Opera maybe one of the goats. Phantom of the Opera maybe one of the goats. Maybe I might put that on my just four letterboxed movies. That's a it's probably my favorite silent movie I've seen. I've seen some good silent movies. You like silent Mor- movies more than I do. Silent Morbius, yeah. Silent I like Morbius. I like the Silent Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited for Morbius DLC for Midnight Suns? No. <laughs> um, what about Deadpool? I'm trying to think of other. I re- I really
1: enjoyed all the research I did about the franchise. Um, the last week or so. Um, I feel like I've shared everything that's relevant. I wish I could have like done some of it before our Dawn episode or before our Day episode, so I could have included it there. But it is what it is. Um, and like I say, I'm kind of glad that I watched the Dawn of the Dead thing when I did because it ended up being almost more relevant to land i think than to dawn maybe just because i liked land more than i liked dawn yeah um it's it's you know um i think dawn is like a i don't know how much i uh, subscribe to this sort of dichotomy but in (laughs) like a way that people talk about things sometimes is like Oh these are the best movies and these are my favorite movies You know I don't necessarily believe in that idea But I think maybe like Dawn of the Dead is like A better movie But I think I like Land
0: more I think it's like Has a lot of shortcomings But I li- 100% of the scenes In Land of the Dead Are Land of the Dead scenes uh-huh. Not 100% of the scenes In Dawn of the Dead Are Dawn of the Dead scenes Yeah it's such an inconsistent movie it's super inconsistent, which can work, but it doesn't feel like they meant to do that. Yeah. And then they just call in a different movie for the last act. This is... The, I hate it.
1: This is the reason I like the, the Italian version more, is because, like, Argento just only... It's it's shorter, and it's just more tonally consistent, you know? I, I um, hate the bikers. Also, it's funny because... Um, you just get Italian people screaming at each other a lot. Right. it's
0: pretty funny. So you get Italian people in the movie. <laughs>
1: it's pretty funny because they don't try lip-syncing at all. I, I think the... Uh, Romero in that Dawn of the Dead commentary track is like, I picked a couple Goblin songs, but I really liked the library music more. And I'll, I just disagree with him across the board. I think giving the movie a score written for the movie is better than the library tracks he chose for... Dawn of the Dead, and... Um, sure,
0: I'd believe that.
1: Yeah, I think that movie just coheres a lot better. And it, and it's
0: shorter, I, which is a huge I, plus. I, would, I may, should maybe watch that version, because I did, just did not like Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Like, it's... it's gonna say it's fine, but, like... Eh. I, I, I developed a new appreciation
1: for it doing all this research, but... Um, you are allowed to. But, I, at the end of the day, I think I like Land better, because... For all its rough edges, um, it comes into, together
0: into something way more interesting, I think. How many times did we po- like look at each other during Dawn of the Dead and say, What is this movie? <laughs> Vers- Versus how many times did we look at each other during Land of the Dead and say, What is this movie? Yeah. <laughs> That's the cinema. Yeah. Um. The joy that we had watching Land of the Dead is the highest high that we've had in this entire franchise. That doesn't mean it's a better movie, but we were the giddiest (laughs) we'd been this whole time in four movies.
1: All the stuff with Dennis Hopper just, like, chewing scenery as, yeah, he is both Donald Trump and George Bush. I know I said that earlier, but I really need to impress that upon
0: you. I don't think he's... Is he more of a Cheney?
1: Because he's not
0: Southern, and he's not, like, playing up being dumb, which is the things I would expect from the, like a W parody. The thing about um
1: Chaney, at least what I remember is in 2005 it was oh Chaney is the mastermind. He's the evil like conniving schemer. There's
0: no there is no mastermind in this movie, that's for sure. Yeah, um There are other rich people, but he's the rich guy.
1: Yeah. There is a like I mean so much of the Bush administration was shot through with like crony capitalism yeah, like well, and shotguns <laughs> Wall Street guys <laughs> that are brought in to run the government and don't know what they're doing um and um are running it like a corporation that is somewhat so defining of the Bush years and this feels like one of those guys you know feels feels like if um Bush brought Trump in to be like the uh secretary of
0: housing and urban development or something you know i mean i guess 2005 when was the enron thing that was before this right oh i don't know but this is absolutely like in the water this is totally like the crony
1: capitalism thing i'm talking about is um enron scandal
0: See. That comes up before Enron in Google. <laughs> yeah, to the, uh, 2001-ish. Okay, yeah. So, for sure. I just had that that thought of like, oh, obviously. Rich, rich suit guy. Yeah. Um, he steals the money. He takes all the money out of the bank. Wh- like, Wikipedia suggests that there are other city-states across America that are fortified mm. like this. I don't remember anything in the movie indicating that. So, yeah, I I yeah, I don't know anything about that.
1: Um thinking about this and thinking about you I listened to Journal Updated. You do just did a Fallout New Vegas episode that I really enjoyed. Um, and you and I have had conversations, and you had them on journal too, of like, you know, um Fallout is so weird with like the stuff that uh the elements of 20th century american life that are just carried forward into this post-apocalypse
0: totally unchanged you know and the fact that fallout as a franchise covers like seven not, not 70 like it's beyond a human lifespan like it's at least 100 or 150 years of nothing changing yeah except the rise of the ncr no new things are
1: built, no cultural production is getting going. No
0: rubble is cleared away. Yeah. Everyone lives in shacks still and it's like, okay I understand we want this genre space, but when you're making the like sixth game, wait. Fallout, Fallout Two, Fallout Tactics, Fallout Brotherhood of Steel, that's four. So 3 is 5, New Vegas is 6, 4 is 7, and Shelter is 8, and 76 is 9. Did I miss any? You might have
1: Shelter and 4
0: mixed up. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. 9? Are we doing 9? Is that the... Sure. Am I missing something? Was there a Facebook game? No. Anyway, um, in Fallout, that is sort of just... My point was that, like, 9 games... To ex- and like his extensive lore to explore all this stuff, and you you can't change the identity of it. It makes it weird that nothing changes. Yeah, um, and
1: Land of the Dead does the same thing on a much shorter timescale. This is you know some years into the zombie apocalypse, not some decades and decades. And this movie does the same thing of oh look at look nothing's changed but it's like look nothing's changed and it's sort of like making you think about that and and
0: telling you like asking you why doesn't why don't things change why are people stuck in this thing i keep getting lines in my head and i'm like oh it was for the cool when he's like i give them I give them money. I give them vices to spend that money on. And then I'm like, wait, no. That's Peaky Blinders, not Land of the Dead. It got to back up. Like, oh, remember that strike scene from Land of the Dead? No, that was from Peaky Blinders, which I watched this week.
1: But, but like, yeah, it's, it's absolutely, like, um, he... Dennis Hopper's character is, quote-unquote, like, cleaning up the streets by, um, you know, building up a bunch of bars for poor people to hang out in. And, like, a point about, you know, society is being made. And I think it's, like, a interesting and thorny point, you know? I like this movie. I, li- I, I like it quite a bit. I like it even more having talked about it than I enjoy- liked it as I watched it. And I liked it while I watched it a fair we amount. We
0: watched most of the trailer... Or a trailer of Diary Diary of the Dead. Paranormal Activity did a number on things, didn't it? Paranormal Activity didn't come out until after Diary of the Dead. Really? Look, I'm pretty sure that's right. I thought it was before that.
1: Um, Now I'm just kind of curious.
0: It just feels... yeah. Uh, 2007, so same year Same year I just It looked kind, looked kind of dire It did but it, Maybe the, it the, doesn't show well in a trailer But it, it's like I can't tell Is this an anthology of stories? Because that could be interesting I The thing was It didn't look good in that trailer But
1: I am holding out hope because it did look like a smaller production than this movie was yeah. and that was my biggest problem with this movie is the size of the production and i was like oh there's like something here for me that has some of the old magic at least like in the visual styling of it you
0: know and then we get to look a little bit just a little peek further into Survival of the Dead. Uh, survival of the Dead looks more like Land of the Dead again. At yeah, least in a these little
1: bit. At least in these stills we're looking at now.
0: There's lots of just dudes walking around. Yeah. We'll um, see, we'll see.
1: Looks like I I have low expectations for that movie, but maybe it's something. Uh I guess Romero's in it. Apparently Romero um in Dawn, so his
0: one okay. We so... never even mentioned the funniest thing that I said about Dawn of the Dead, which was the Romero cameo at the start. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Please go because the 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 guy running the news station is Romero, and we saw him, and I I said, "Oh look, it's Zizek." <laughs> Like, Which is not apparently how that... I don't, Zizek. Zizek. I did not... I didn't know that. Yeah. But you, I think, almost passed out. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, so,
1: so the commentary that I listened to was the DVD producer, who's just sort of a moderator, sort of prompting George to talk about certain things. Tom Savini, um, George Romero, and then Chris Romero, his wife, who... Spends a lot of the commentary very charmingly going like, Oh, that guy was a barber. Oh, there's my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she was saying how stupid she thinks the, the biker segment is. She thought it was too mm. silly. Um, and Romero was like, Oh, don't you remember you and me put on a Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus outfit and we run through the background of one of these shots, but I ended up
0: cutting it because I did, I couldn't explain why there were Santa bikers <laughs> i can't get over that one guy who after they've sounded the retreat because they're zombies goes over and sits down at the fucking blood pressure machine and surprise instantly gets got yeah it's like hello yeah whatever i should watch those mad max sequels yeah yeah that's one for this podcast uh Road Warrior is one of my favorite movies
1: ever. And Beyond Thunderdome is uh not very
0: good. I feel like we should just get Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah. Yeah. But um the I mean... felt like Land of the Dead felt like a movie, kind of like a Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. Where it's like a movie made way after the fact. It's kind of a sequel, kind of, but it's weird and it's doing a different thing. And It feels like it should have just not landed and been forgotten, and that's the end of it. But there's two more movies. Yeah. Also, the remake of the second movie spun off into its own other series, like, contemporarily. Yeah. Yeah. So, contemporously? Contemporarily? Contemporaneously. Contemporaneously? Contiguously? No, it's different. Um...
1: I was trying to. Th- I feel like I had something else to say, but it was just a little trivia fact, and it's escaped me now, so I'm not going to hold on to it too much. You and I, I think, settled on what our second season of this is going to be. Do we want to say that here, or do we want to save it? We could announce
0: it. Okay. We could always change, but. Because last time we were talking about Starship Troopers, and you seem to have changed your mind. Well, I did download all four of the Robocop series mm. to so- sort of see what that is for the Patreon episode. Yeah. So, we're thinking about doing a RoboCop next, which will be f- four movies, a little <laughs> short segment. Uh you're not going to believe this. It's RoboCop, RoboCop 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 2, RoboCop 3, and RoboCop. Do do RoboCops 2 or 3 have subtitles? RoboCop 2, Revenge of the Cop Copening. <laughs> Revenge of the Coppin egg. <laughs> I, I, I will just type in RoboCop 2. It's just RoboCop 2. Not to be confused with RoboCop 2, the video game. But, um... No, it's... Oh. Your window's to all weird for a second. It's just... Films directed by Irvin Kershner, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Films directed by Irvin Kershner. <laughs> yeah, what about it? Is there anything in here that's of particular interest to you? Uh,
1: I'm a big fan of, um, oh, let me see if I can find it in
0: here. Um, the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, that's okay. This is his last movie? <laughs> yeah, RoboCop 2, and then RoboCop 3, and then RoboCop.
1: I have not seen a single Irvin Kershner movie besides The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, me neither. For a long time, I thought Frank Miller directed Robocop 3 and
0: I was kind of disappointed to find out he just wrote it. It was directed by Fred Decker. Yeah. A Shadowrun character, probably. I think we had this conversation on this podcast before, but yeah. Because I, I think every I time know.
1: Robocop 3 comes up, I'm like, oh yeah, Frank Miller directed that and it's just not true.
0: Um uh. Fred Decker also wrote The Predator, 2018. Regardless, RoboCop 3, chaos, corruption, civil war. He's back to lay down the law, it says. Whereas the tagline on the RoboCop 2 poster is, He's back to protect the innocent.
1: Oh, good, good. That is good.
0: Oh, it was nominated for three
1: Saturn Awards, including Best Special Effects for Phil Tippett. Do you know Phil Tippett? No. He had one job. Uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, dinosaur dinosaur supervisor on Jurassic Park.
0: Dinosaur supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: um, he did the uh, ATAT uh, um, and the the chessboard. The chessboard in um, A New Hope.
0: He does... He worked on Dragon Slayer? Do I know Dragon Slayer? No, I don't know Dragon Slayer. I was thinking of something else. Yeah. Temple of Doom Consultant?
1: Yeah. Dinosaur Supervisor?
0: Dinosaur Supervisor and Temple of Doom?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I just finally noticed it on the page.
0: Yeah, here it is. Dinosaur Supervisor. Also for Conehead's creature animation. Dragon Dragon Heart. That's the one I was thinking of. Dragon Heart. That's the uh, Sean Connery... VFX Supervisor on two Twilight movies. Creature Visuals on Starship Troopers. Four Twilight movies. Uh, well, you know. Starship Troopers 2 was in 2004? Let's not dwell on things that we're not going to watch for a while. <laughs> we can't do Robocop and Starship Troopers back to back.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is just going to push Starship Troopers to like 2024 almost. Because
0: I won't want to do not that. Not at all. I, no, Not even close. June. June. Not even close. We do this weekly. I guess that's true. RoboCop will be four weeks. Yeah. If we were doing RoboCop right now, this would be our final RoboCop episode. Question. Answer. Moving on. Is Jurassic Park eligible for this podcast? Yeah. yeah. Maybe.
1: Is Jurassic World included in that? I assume so. Yeah.
0: There's six movies. Oh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Five of those will be terrible. No. Four of those will be terrible. No. Four of those will be terrible. Three of them will be terrible. <laughs> I assume that there will be two mid ones, two good ones, and two bad ones. Okay. I, I, I think Lost World is one of the mid ones. I so. hope, that I, hope <laughs> that I can share your enthusiasm. I assume that the first one of the new series is going to be totally mid... Mm-hmm. And totally like Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And then the bad one. And then the one that's like, oh, weird. He's, Sam Neill is back. Uh, I was thinking, uh, you had a pitch for a series to do in between after Robocop. Did I? Yeah. What did I pitch? That movie with the guys with the guns. They do crimes. So That's
1: many movies. The vampires vampires
0: with guns that do crimes. No, they've run into vampires. Blade? It, no. I didn't think that was Blade, but... Blade is on the on the docket. Regardless. <laughs> I have no
1: idea what you're talking about.
0: We don't need to talk about oh, all of the things from dusk play- till
1: dawn. We don't need to
0: talk about everything we want to do on the podcast before we do it, but yeah, we're thinking about it, and uh, feel free to write in at podcast at gmail.com and let us know what you're interested in because we're leaning towards Robocop right now. I yeah. have all the Robocops.
1: Yeah. But if you have any requests, um, maybe it'll come after Robocop, but we're absolutely list- interested in listening to requests. And, Robocop
0: um, is not going to be a long one. Again, it's another four. Yeah, that'll just be movie like. One.
1: That'll fi- essentially just be the month of January. More or less. Yeah.
0: Um. So, would... yeah,
1: if you have requests, let us know. And if you have any questions about any of the Of the Dead movies, Whether that's anything from Night to Survival, um, email us. We will answer all those either on the Survival episode or on a Patreon episode, uh, depending on how many emails we get, I assume. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, email us um, with that. And exportaudiopodcastgmail.com. What about you? You can find me on Twitter, at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find me on co-host, at autumnal.com. You can go to patreon.com slash export audio to see, I just went through today, I updated, so um, exportaud.io slash franchise now takes you to the free feed of this podcast. Um, obviously $1 patrons will get access to this podcast a week early, and I um, went through and updated and you can look on the Patreon and see like what people get access to. There's a couple things that I like, are still on the Patreon that are not getting updated, so, you know, just be aware of that um that we have two things that we're like oh maybe in the new year that'll come back um and um five dollar patrons um pop town funk a podcast that is very similar to this so if you enjoy this um there's 28 episodes of pop town funk for you to listen to um that some of them aren't even five dollars some of them aren't even $5. You can sample that podcast uh, by going
0: to exportaud.io. That's the Patreon. You can find me on Twitter at neitherNora. Uh, you can find me on co host at Ashworm, Ash with an E, Worm with a Y. You can find stuff I've done at norablake.online. You can find me on other export audio podcasts like uh, Attention Duelist, where Olivia and I sometimes watch Yu Gi Oh! and um, more regularly, you can find me every month on the Abnormal Mapping Network with Journal Updated, where we play video games. Uh, Molly and I, not Olivia and I. The Second Best game. Club. The Second Best game. Club will get you there. We just finished our New Vegas episode. We're gonna do another New Vegas episode because we're doing the DLCs separately. Uh, a decision we made for this game and nothing else. That reminds me. Um, if you go to
1: AbnormalMapping.com, up in the top right there, there's a link to their discord if you join the discord there is hashtag export chat in there so you can um chat with us
0: there with any you know i read everything in there i don't always say anything but i do i am reading yeah um uh, i don't do very much interaction with listeners uh and i'm aware of this uh but i do read everything you say I've been reading everything that people say for a long time, and I've been commenting in the Discord more lately. You're the um, person who says, don't ever at me, but also has the more, way more, it gets way more into, like, listener interaction than me. <laughs> because you can't walk out of the house without trying to make friends with somebody. Yeah, that's true. Um
1: But yeah, so... uh Folks, uh, I was listening to Around the Longfire today, and they were joking, like, oh, we're both very needy for validation, and I just want to assure you, folks, I am also needy for validation, so if you have anything that you want to say about the podcast that you want to validate my ego, that's the place to do it, because I'm probably not going to see it on Twitter. Might see it on CoHost. No one's ever tried to tell me how good the po- podcast is on co-host. You could You could be a trailblazer in co- complimenting me. <laughs> uh, but- oh... Last thing, on the co-host, I've been doing weekly um, roundup posts, so any information on any of the shows you want to find, co terminal and you will be able to find that there.
0: That's going to do it for this episode of Pardon My Franchise. Uh, I don't know what... Until next time... Um, <laughs> Excuse me, Pardon My Franchise. That's horrible. That's what I did last time, and you laughed at it. Oh, I... And then you said something about saluting a zombie. Well, that's a riff on Ghostbusters. If uh, if someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. (laughs) But until next time, um, don't underestimate a zombie.